Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Uh, today on the show, I've got uh, an experimental uh, artist here with me. Um, he makes some of the coolest music I've heard uh, in the city uh, this past year uh, with his new album, Heartstrings, that just came out in April. Um, he plays a lot of shows. He plays under the name Careless, that's spelled C-R-L-S-S. Um, so I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry and why he does everything he does. So, uh, Ryan King, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ben. Thanks uh, for having me on uh, Nice Guy Podcast. I'm, I'm stoked. You're welcome. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, always uh, shouting me out and plugging me. And, you know, it means a lot that uh, you support the show. Uh -huh. um, so I you know, was really excited to actually have you here and talk to you, because uh, I see you out at shows all the time, too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I definitely recognize this. As, it's like real recognized real, to an extent, you know? Cheers to that, man. Definitely. Yeah, well, yeah, dude, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I just, you know, want people to feel like what they're doing matters. And it really does, because, like, I just have so much fun you know, going out to local shows, I discover a lot of my new favorite music, you know, I just meet a lot of great people and, you know, it just, I want to help uplift the scene in any way they can, in any way I can, so that, you know, people keep creating awesome music, awesome art, and just, you know, keep showing up for the scene, so. Yeah, it's, it's motivational aspect for me just like you know even being inquired about as to come on to this or any show of that that just like you know when you are in a two-person band there's not a lot of like the discipline aspect isn't always there so you know having you know people asking you to do things and stuff like that gives you more inspiration just keep trying to do it even even though you're not necessarily making money or anything like that but you're like well I, maybe I caught a couple of years um, and you know that they're asking to do this that or the other and I'm just you know grateful for the opportunities and Essentially, it's an exposure factor that you provide for free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that. that is, it's, it's fantastic and it also builds a community and hopefully makes it less of a competitive band situation mm -hmm. in this area and then you know people get to know each other and we're all in it you know, for the same race of trying to uh, get our art out there. Um, for me, it's not so much about getting it out there, it's more therapeutic value, because I need like that outlet to salvage that negative energy. Um, I sincerely do, so I throw it into that um, full force, so then I can try to be a good person on a day-to-day -day basis and do the next right thing. Um, I'm sure everyone has some type of thing where they do um, in order to keep themselves from being Dexter. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. there's, got, there's, always, there's always a sliver of Dexter in everybody, I think, maybe. Yeah. This will definitely, I mean, I, I definitely have, like, you know, plenty of demons myself, and I get really, like, in my head about things, you know, a ton of anxiety, a ton of, uh, you know, self-doubt, whatnot. And... You know, like, yeah, like, this show has become such an outlet of, like, kind of, like, using, like, my, embracing, like, my imperfections or my flaws as a way to, like, you know, 
empower myself, but also empower others on top of it. And, um, and you know, everyone has something that they're passionate about or something that is their outlet that helps them, you know, make sense of this world. So this is, yeah, so this is definitely like my way of like trying to curve like where I feel alone in the world or, or things that I feel like, you know, have definitely like, you know, impacted me in, in negative ways. Like this has kind of been my way of like, you know, turning that into something that builds that community and makes people feel like, you know, I actually have the chance to like really say what's, you know, get up, like say what's on my mind or get something out into the world that like, yeah, you, know, you don't always have the chance to say. And for the amount of shows you go to, it's it's in a manner you're becoming like a tastemaker. Um, like River West's uh, Needle Nerd, Anthony Fantano type of deal. Like that's what I would like high hopes as far as the podcast and everything like that goes. Because um, just in a small community, it can spread and you know become a lot bigger thing. But like doing the podcast, you know, or music, anything, just getting vulnerable. You know, getting out there and being vulnerable and uh, throwing it all out on the line in hopes that it's going to, you know, um, help someone else. Yeah, totally. I think that's the end result as well. And also, you know, like, I, I always learn, like, from working at Halfway Houses and stuff, you know, I, through working there for two years, when I helped other people, I felt better about myself. I don't know what it was, and it's not a selfish thing, but it's like, you know, I might be... Uh, Wiping a gentleman's ass, that's part of one of the jobs, um, you know, but I was grateful for it and then I would feel better about myself because I did improve that gentleman's quality of living. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I would sure hope someone would do that for me too if, if, when the time comes, which... Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hopefully not soon, but yeah, you know. Totally. Just, yeah. And I tried to do that um, just from the beginning and throw myself out there and be vulnerable because I am such an anxious person, like severely anxious um, to the extent where I just like will kind of become snippy because I'm so anxious and I don't really know how to deal with those emotions so well. So a lot of times like for shows and stuff like that, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a high energy intensity and, you know, Juliet and I don't always know what we're doing. Sometimes we're not seeing eye to eye on what we should do. And it's like the, the, like the Oasis brothers in a way fighting a lot of the times we, however, we come together and rise to the occasion usually, um, I feel, and we do our best we can every single time. So yeah. shout out to Juliet. Yeah, Julia does, you know, uh, I know she underestimates herself a lot, however, um, her visuals and her synthesizer edition has been amazing, and she's such a talented artist that that doesn't mean shit to her, like, you know, just doing the projection, and like, it means a ton to me, and it adds so much to everything, and adds to the music as far as the melody, but she's so much more talented that it's like keeping someone in a box that could do so much more. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I've been trying to infiltrate her into more of the songs and stuff, but it's just propelling at a rate where we should keep playing the songs that are just now kind of, maybe people are listening to a little bit so that, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, I've watched other bands where they essentially, you know, played their songs for a year straight and then released the album. Mm -hmm. Which for me, I feel like that's kind of backwards, but 
Um, I unfortunately kind of did the same thing and found myself, you know, trying to integrate new members and then change the songs. And as a result, I think some of like the prettier songs like Heartstrings Acoustic with Juliet specifically on Synthesizer, just that open time has been one of my favorite songs that we do. I, and it's the simple, most laid back one with no beats going, nothing. Yeah. And I just, I, I mean, I wish she was here right now and I, I want her to know, like I told her earlier today that you know, she is more than appreciated and she's 50-50 of careless completely. I'm a control freak of it. It is my baby and everything like that. However, I can't grow if I'm complacent. You know, like I can't get any better if I don't have another pair of ears saying, hey, that doesn't sound good or why don't you do this? So I'm definitely open to that because once I stop learning, uh, I definitely won't be any any good making your <laughs> yeah, stuff. Sure, yeah, totally. No, yeah, it's like, you know, it's uh, it definitely makes sense. Um, you know, having somebody uh, along with you to make the project uh, as grand as it is. So, so uh, on that note, um, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. First time I saw Careless was at Cactus Club. Uh, it was in June, and um, you know, I, I, you play a, like a pretty good amount of shows, so like I like definitely wanted to, like, I, like I had you on my radar for like a couple months, and like I finally made it to a show. It was like a quieter night at Cactus. I think it was a Monday night. Yeah. Um, but I was blown away by just the confrontations, like, like how. Just how like your um, stage presence is, you know, you're you're like you uh, are very like confrontational with like your your lyricism and your delivery and uh, the projections just make it just so ethereal. Um, yeah, it was just like it was really powerful. Uh, and I saw you again um, at Company Brewing uh, recently, uh, and. Um, I was mostly in the dish room for most of your set, but I... I That's where I should have been. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Truthfully. Well, hey, I uh, gave me more hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I know that you play a good amount of shows. Um, so I, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about yourself and just your artistic background. So I guess, like, you know, when did you... Like, growing up, like, when did you really start playing music? Um, I'd say... Uh, in fourth grade, I, you know, did one of the real cool things in elementary school and got into orchestra. Nice. Uh, violin first, and then I switched over to the upright bass, and essentially, you know, then sixth grade offered jazz band and stuff like that, and I'm playing bass, regular bass and that, um, up until about tenth grade, and I, I drop out, um, and it's kind of weird for the years of my uh, high school, so. Uh, like 01, 10th grade, uh, you know, 02, 11th, 1999, 9th grade, you know, it's like goes in that order. And I, I basically quit in 10th grade because a lot of the seniors had graduated already that I had, you know, befriended and in the orchestra. And I just was kind of, you know, uh, truthfully, uh, you know, getting into drugs at that time at 10th, you know, 10th, 11th grade. And I didn't really uh, want to go to orchestra anymore. So I, I stopped doing that. Um, 
but my other thing I was doing was hockey, and that was severely demanding as far as you know practice before work and everything. Um, so essentially, ended up quitting that and uh, really just focusing on drugs for the next seven years. Um, unfortunately, because um, I had gotten hurt, you know, got prescribed the pain pills, then addicted to the pain pills, got off pain pills, all that, and essentially like this this dream or this pipe dream of mine to even be able to perform at all um, as careless had been going on since, you know, I, I was living in Stevens Point, um, Hunter, actually, they were all living there too, and I was trying to put something together to no avail, basically, and it, it was CRLSS then in 2012, and I hadn't even played a show at all. Um, and basically, I just finally got my shit together enough, finally got clean so that I could focus and put the songs together in a manner that they could be presented in a live setting. And it took like a decade. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but really, I mean, but you know, addiction is not a prejudice thing. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from and I think that I know that almost everyone knows someone who is affected by it. They, oh yeah. They, they everyone yeah. knows someone that is. Yeah. And it's it's a daily reprieve for me, you know. I mean I don't know, tomorrow I might relapse. I don't plan to, but that's how that's the mindset that we live in on a day to day basis, you know. And yeah, you know, of course I get stoned, stuff like that. Um, and they don't think that's you know in in the NAA community that is a no-go so I actually would attend meetings if it weren't for the respect factor I respect that they do not consider that as clean so I don't go anymore um, however I used to you know go to three times a week whatever it took so um, you know from there I uh, met this guy from the UK on cream collective label who had heard um, some of the songs on Heartstrings and then wanted to release it via their label, um, which they did, and it was kind of a little bit of riffraff. However, I was naive and I was just grateful that I saw one of my songs on iTunes at the mm -hmm. time. I just had, you know, that was it. I was just like, wow, this is great. I'm coming from nowhere. So, um, also Luxy. Um, Shout out to Luxy. She awesome has artist. like been the mentor. Everything she says has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah, she's, she's like, if she speaks it, it, it goes into play. She's like, don't ask for shows. They will ask you, like the field of dreams type mm -hmm. thing. And I just like, okay. And you know, she's been kind through and through over the last entire year and has been, you know, uh, always mutual friend there's never been any like issues where you know a fallout of friendship or anything and that's i feel like it's kind of rare in the band community a little bit sometimes because it's so competitive like i was saying before yeah definitely and i don't mean for it to be because i'm more of a fanboy for some of the bands in the neighborhood like snag social caterpillar haunter um etc i mean i i love those i adore those bands um also you know lifetime achievement award and large print they're all great. Yeah, they're, they're you know, Definitely. there's so many Genoa too, but... I still haven't seen Genoa. Yeah, we do have a show at the X-Ray Arcade on um, November 23rd, which is a Saturday, with them, Dirty Dancing, and a project that I'm excited to see, which is Eli 
Smith's uh, new experimental project called Armor. Armorlaria, yeah, yes. with his partner, yeah. Yes. And then Jake is playing, Jake yes. Marine. Yeah. And Jake, yeah, and I am a huge fan of Jake's, obviously, like I peer pressured him to the extent on that album, his, his album that he recently released. Like, with Not Waves, one of my favorites from this year, definitely. Nonstop all year last year, I was like, that's a phenomenal album, you gotta put it out, you gotta put it out, and he's just like, I don't know, and he'd come over at like three in the morning and he'd play it back and we'd listen to it, and kept it on the down low for like a year basically, and I'm just glad that he put it out, yeah. because, you know, he's a perfectionist, and I bet he's sitting there thinking it's not right, probably, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably thinking, Jake is probably thinking that, but, yeah. I think it sounds wonderful. Yeah, I do too. I told him, brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. It really did. It, when I, when he had first shown it to me, I was like, this is really, really moving. So Yeah, it was incredibly textural, very whimsical. Yeah. Uh, I loved it so much. Yeah. Chimes he's got going, the drum work. Yeah. Um, the also the 30-minute, how it's perfectly in 30 minutes and sequences is... I'm also excited for the uh, remaining release of the new Social Caterpillar. I know Bad Electricity has been out. Um, I love Kyle, Eric, and all those cats a lot. Yeah. Also, Karen's. Karen's, John, yeah. They're, They're great. They're great, too, man. Yeah, I saw them, uh, saw Karen's uh, at Nausicaa. Uh, and we had a, it was a great show. I'm excited to see, because I know John's experimenting with the lineup a little bit. Really excited to see, you know, where he's, he takes him. He's a wizard, I feel like, just as far as what he, in a manner, reminds me vaguely of what Justin did in uh, with Bonavir as far as his, his capacity and capabilities. Like, I feel like he could really get some people back in the mob. Yeah, so totally. On a on a, another side note, though, I've been pressing. I love this band called Astronaut Husband, of which is not a band. However, um, it's Alec who plays in Haunter um, and writes songs and has um, since he lived in Merrill. And I've been trying to coerce. Has some wonderful acoustically performed in the you know vein of Alex G. Mm. Um, a little bit. Um, and it has the potential just to really uh, be a great band, but he doesn't have a band. So I've been trying to provoke a band to be put in play for 2020 because, you know, I love doing careless stuff, but like you said, like at the show, it's abrasive and it's like, you know, like sometimes I'll make movements with my body and, you know, I'll be fucked up, I'll be in pain because, you know, there's all this energy, all this adrenaline and there's a lot going on at once, things are going wrong, I'm, I'm fucking shit up sometimes and there's a lot. So I would love to, you know, be a part of a group like that where it was let me be in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I say. Let me let, let me slide to the back for a little while. Like, yeah, for sure. It's just a lot to hold on your shoulders to to throw yourself out there like yeah. that, and then hope that you know your equipment works out for you. Yeah. So, what made you, uh, I guess, kind of want to make the kind of music that uh, you uh, you started making, like under Careless, and like what were your like influences going into it? Uh, well, I really what I, I'm trying to sing the sorrow for all the haunted addicts out there in the world, and all the haunted individuals that are are haunted by whatever uh, 
you know struggle they're going through that's really what it's more about more about and whether it be with their identity or their addiction or their you know financial situation or anything like that it's supposed to be more of a release to relate to of uh you know screaming for those that can't scream i guess sometimes or singing for those that aren't aren't able to sing um a lot of it's stemming from a lot of my friends that had passed away from drugs where you know i'm, I'm singing to them a lot of the times um you know like the material content will be pretty dark sometimes um but i, I have to say like probably eight times out of ten i i'll just freestyle uh, not like freestyle rap, but freestyle a melody until I get something going and it's just I try as hard as I can to write something that isn't um, about a a regret or or a shameful aspect in in my life or or my family's life or something like that but I think that's the most vulnerable thing and 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 the type of thing that others would relate to and to make it not so voodoo to throw it out there you know, or for lack of a better word, you know, just once something is made known, then we're, it's okay. Like, we're, this is, this is how it is now type of thing. Mm -hmm. And just trying to make a change. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, I, I respect that a lot. And when you say screaming for those that can't scream, that's like, that gives me chills thinking about, um, I mean, kind of what we were talking about <coughs> earlier. Like, uh, just the whole idea of, like, you know, letting somebody know that, you know, their performance or their music or their art really, like, positively impacts you. Um, and it really does, like, it's a, it's a, it's an important component of this community, you know, and that we hear you and we see you and we want you to succeed. Like, that's, that's what I keep in mind, like, especially when I have, I mean, I've expanded this this show into talking to not only just musicians, but creatives of all kinds or activists of all kinds, close friends. But I really want like the world to hear you because like no one should have to like you know feel like they're they're alone in their struggle and like really thinking about it like really thinking about it, a, lot, a lot of us are like not that much different from each other in a lot of ways. Like I like similar to you, I'm constant constantly anxious all the time, every day. Yeah. There's not a time where I'm not. Man. I feel like it's just nonstop. I know. Yeah, dude, like my, my cuticles are all picked on and shit. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I got it. I know. Yeah, man. The the cuticles, the shaking the leg, the you know, the I was up with sweaty hands. It's embarrassing. I couldn't even hold hands with anybody when I was a kid at the roller skating rink. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, man. Like, but having somebody like, just like that, like, makes me not be like you know self conscious about it anymore because it's like you know you get it. Yeah, you know you. I really do too. Yeah, uh, like, you get it, and you know, and like, I I'm just so fucking happy that you're that you're, you know making something out of nothing and that this is your answer to like all the struggles you've been through people close to you have been through and uh, you know what you know like what helps you just kind of like cope with all that shit and i think you're just doing a really you have a really kick-ass method of doing it 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, tr I try to. I mean, it may sound like in the moment right now that like I'm always on the up and up, and but I have to talk myself up. I mean, everyone gives the best advice when they give to someone else, I know, and I'll try to give myself that same advice and stay up and up. But I'm, I'm not always, always, always 100% either, you know, and I don't think anyone is. It's just trying to find a balance for me, just not uh, getting ahead of myself. Yeah, right. Yeah, staying, uh, still keeping the feet on the ground for sure, yeah. You know, and staying in the moment. I know it's the cliche saying from Narcotics Anonymous, but I mean, I think it, it sometimes, at least for me, rings very, very true. Mm -hmm. um, if I can stay in the moment, then I'm able to uh, align a lot more adequately execute what I'm trying to do mm -hmm. instead of projecting into what will happen later and a lot of acceptance of like, okay, this is what I can do, this is what I can't, I have to accept the things I can't. Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically the serenity prayer, which I don't consider uh, necessarily a prayer, it's more just the, it's the, it's the addict saying yeah. of trying to convince themselves that uh, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... Yeah, and I've been around it for sure. I mean, um, I have a, a good friend of mine from high school was, he was on a, a really uh, down, he was on a spiral with drugs for a while. Like he was in rehab in and out. Uh, I haven't even talked to him in a long time, but I hope he's doing well. Uh, my dad is a recovering alcoholic. Dad's side of the family has struggled with substance abuse. Like no, I've been around it, man. You know. Yeah, so like, and I while I, too. yeah, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. So like while, uh, you know, well, certain things I may not have lived to the extent many others do. It's like definitely been around it, and you know, like that pain is still relative, though. You still feel it across. Yeah. The you know, sometimes I feel like people that aren't using the drugs are in worse pain. The like loved ones, like let's say for instance, my mom. I'm sure that she's went through more pain than I have because I was high during a lot of it. Yeah. You know, people, it's the empathy. Yeah, yeah. The empathy, definitely. Feeling like you can't help somebody all the time that you really want to help. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And you, and you project that onto yourself too. You're like, I feel shitty because I can't do something that like, I wish I could for this person. I wish I could make it so they were clean or I wish, you know, they stopped doing this or stopped doing that. but. You know, that's out of your control. It's one of those ones that, like, the only thing that you can do is wait until the person's ready is really... Yeah. Yep. Completely ready. I mean, otherwise, it's just, uh, yeah, they're the... It's a strong... Like, I really considered it a disease. Like, my analogy for it, even when you are clean, the disease of addiction is in the corner doing push-ups waiting for you to let your guard down, maybe you drank too many beers and your inhibitions are down, um, and it's in the corner waiting to, to get up and, and whip your ass and, and get, you know, go get that drug or whatever and uh, relapse. It's all, like, it's always wait, waiting unless, for me at least, unless I stay vigilant on it and I fucking think about it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's so, insidious. It is, it is, and it, like, the... I know the disease aspect, people have a hard time with that, but I didn't think it was a disease until I was like 30 years old and I realized, I was like, this has to be a disease because I went about doing some things and my behaviors were so erratic that that's just not me, that's not how I grew up. 
I that it's just such a separate person when they're in the you know active addiction, yeah. and that's when I kind of started to like maybe it is a disease because I don't foresee it going away for me at least. So then, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, definitely. But I, I'm grateful though for you know all all the support I do have. I mean, you know, as far as in this community, I do. Um, as far as Sal's place or, um, you know, 4D or there's, there's all types of places. Uh, Roots Recovery is another one that's really good too. All quite expensive. However, yeah. I'll tag all of those to make sure that people know that they're there. There are, otherwise there's other ones as well that are going to be a little bit rougher. It's hard to be in a halfway house where across the street you can buy crack. Mm -hmm. Like... You know, at at uh, you know Gateway or something like that. That's that's hard to stay clean, and like that's right there in the face. People do it right there too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I mean, I mean uh, tonight I I'm looking forward to uh, playing at, at Cactus. Hopefully, uh, fun. Hopefully, nothing bad happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What uh, I don't know. So how did you uh, meet Juliet? I met at, right uh, at, at Collectivo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you were working there for a while, yeah. I uh, worked with her from, it was like 2017, and just like fanboyed her over that uh, piece of art she had in all her art for like a year, and had a gentleman named TJ playing keyboards, but he did not want to play live, so then we tried to integrate her in, and I essentially met her. Um, through being a fan of her art, nice. like completely, that was what it was, because I I didn't know anyone and I just started there and I saw her Instagram page. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. She brought me out to her studio and um, we'd go out there and just I just sit there and you know just take it all in. Yeah. So and then we still do that now in our practice space. We have um, a lot of the art set up everywhere just to like keep the vibe. But at the same time, it can, that vibe, I don't always want to go down into that vibe all the time. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. So I try to, yeah, I try to, I'm trying to keep it positive a little more. That's good. How, I guess, like, tell me a little bit about the recording process for uh, Heartstrings. I know I interviewed you for Breaking Entering about it, but I'd love to hear more about, yeah, just like everything that went into that, your most recent project. Uh, that... Essentially, the, those five songs, well, it's like an extension on Bandcamp, but the main five songs, um, like, I just labored over those songs. I, I, I made them up on the acoustic guitar, and then I was living at that halfway house across from Vegas, and you can't be loud there, because you have so many roommates. You're, you have like eight roommates in this tiny house, so I'm desperately needing to make music. I like really need to get this out. So I start translating it over to electronic stuff um, and then singing like really lightly into my Apogee one because I didn't want to wake up everybody and then just kept doing it over and over um, until I found the exact song structure and arrangement I wanted for all of the songs. Uh, I wanted it to be really special and cohesive as far as it like uh, a straight play. Um, I wanted like no features, but I wanted a feature bass, which uh, the bass on um, I Never Went to Texas With You um, was 
Lonely Speck and I put together, and he's from Australia. Um, far more popular than I am careless is or will ever be. Um, but he sent me over the the gravel dragging that goes with the bass, and I put it into the sampler and had that. So then I worked on that for a really long time to get that exact bass line with the compression and. It's basically just really tediously, tediously making it as polished as possible. I wanted to make a five song, never mind. Yeah. As polished as I could because I knew I couldn't really get the guitar going just yet. I knew in due time I wouldn't be there forever. I was, you know, I, like I ended up moving and now I'm able to play guitar loud and everything. But mm -hmm. at the time I was like, okay, this is what I can do. So I'm just going to make it as good as I can until it sounds good on every single thing I plug it into. Um, whether it be an iPhone speaker, I would go from different, you know, source material, like everything, even like this little ghetto boombox that I had just to see if it sounded crappy through there. Um, because essentially Justin Perkins, he had told me, you know, if it, it, if it sounds good on one thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna sound good on everything. Yeah. So then I'd repeat that process, I'd upload it to SoundCloud, walk to work every day, and then listen back to it, and then go back, and then I'd, I'd do my own comments on SoundCloud to remind me where I messed up on the song. And then that was like six months of that, of over and over for five songs, and yeah, that that's how that went, and I mean, I it's something that I'm... I, I'm proud of it now at the time when it came out I just I was so sick of it because mm -hmm. we all I did was sit and listen to it over and over again but um, I am glad that it's cohesive and now like the the issue is coming up with something that's up to that par when you have another member in your band that's different for me so I need to make two people agree and be happy and also have that 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 bar that I kind of set for myself to make it as sheen as possible and as crisp and you know so we've been working on that too quite a bit and we do have you know we have about 12 songs right now um, Juliet sings on a cover song by the Chemical Brothers called uh, Where Do I Start Where Do I Begin it's the last song on Dig Your Own Hole nice. from their 90 96 release sure um, I know you're playing that Idols song too and that I can't get over the Idols right now they're like my I love them oh. so much they're so I just as our intro we change it up with lyrics and stuff like that we're doing the intro with Colossal um, I love the words that he says in it I really feel them um, after I saw that uh, the glass and bird um, at the rating festival I think sure. we're at but yeah. I watched that video and I just was like they blew me away basically so um yeah we're we're doing that um and we're also that that's i don't know if that's a cover song or what that would be called but it's just we don't do the whole song i only sing the beginning part and then we go into a different part sure yeah it's like a it's a hybrid cover i got yeah it's hybrid. yeah sure yeah i like that i like that shit a lot too i remember i was like listening to that I heard you playing that uh, when we were when I was still like in the back of the kitchen at company and I was like holy shit dude this is this is awesome <laughs> the, well the beat for some reason went with it I don't know like that weird beat went, ended up working with those lyrics so sometimes it's 
I don't want to steal his lyrics, but they're just so profound. And a lot of the things that band is saying right now, like ring so true across the board. I mean, I just, I just love the way though his, yeah, his, his charismatic, uh, uh, he, he he looks like the guy from uh, Queen Freddie Mercury a lot, just with big boots. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's like he's got the he he's like uh, flamboyantly violent. Mm -hmm. It's this weird thing that they're pulling off. Their whole band, they're cool. They're Hell good. yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I need to listen to them more. Um, definitely need to get back into them. I I remember like yeah like because I follow Fantano a lot myself that's how I like kind of discover a lot of or remember to listen to new releases and stuff as oh, yeah. I look at his I look at his channel a lot but I remember he did the yellow flannel for the idols record that just came out so he breaks off the yellow flannel yeah, eh? yeah. the yeah. black and yellow yeah, I yeah. I love yeah. the melon yeah, oh, yeah. I, I've been watching him since 2011 he's doing that at his parents yeah <laughs> right awesome. yeah. yeah that was back when he was like you know, doing the he's changed his setup. You know, like that was when he was still doing it with the green screen on the wall. Yep. Instead of like with the records in the back, like he does. Or he'd be outside sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. With his uh, alter ego. Yeah, the Caltrichesta. <laughs> yes. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Man, yeah. But Melon, I mean, I don't even like. I like to hear what he has to say a lot of the times, but it's still like definitely people, definitely like. I think people overemphasize like what his thoughts are in relation yeah. to like how they feel about the record. Like, by all means, like you know, listen to what he has to say. He has a lot of great things to say, but I always like try to like separate my opinion from his instead of adopting. <coughs> I that's because like that's why like I can't look at a review. It's hard to do that. It is. I, I try to like well look at his review what he did review and then kind of go and listen to it yeah and then i'll actually watch it afterwards yeah i, I do the same do that. thing yeah. because if i watch it first then it'll influence my opinion going into it too much totally yeah, yeah. man I, I i get that too but he's really though became so prolific as far as the internet and mm -hmm. taste making like even if he gives a very light one, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. if your album got reviewed on there, yeah. it's, I mean, what does he have, like 1.1 million subscribers something like or something? That. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, if he does review, and sometimes I know that he was doing like, you know, he'll run through a Bandcamp lineup of, he'll go through a bunch of Bandcamp and review those, um, but yeah. I'm kind of waiting. I don't know if he uploaded uh, the review for the new Dive record, but I was kind of waiting to see that. Okay, sure. Oh, I didn't even know Dive uh, dropped a new record, actually. I love their first two, so... Yeah, this... I, I didn't... They're new to me, so I haven't even oh, listened okay. to the first two. So this is, like, my first introduction is this yeah. album, and I've been blown away by it. Well, yeah, that's how I... Uh, his... I remember he kind of put me on the Daughters, uh, the, the... Like, the hardcore industrial band uh their new record that came out was a lot different than their much older like hardcore stuff but i really got into them because of him so you have 12 songs uh that you're currently you have in the chamber right now uh are you planning a new project soon yeah as far as uh you know looking to other projects astronaut husband is something that i hope comes to fruition otherwise you know i'm going to continue to uh you know do more stuff with careless and it would be ideal to get a band 
Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I, I would love to, uh, you know, the camaraderie alone um, and just everything as far as it being more live instruments would be ideal. However, um, I'm doing what I can with what I have and it's, it's, it's subtly working. I just don't want it to feel like careless is karaoke hour or anything like that to the best of my ability. Yeah. Um, and I do everything I can to try to uh, not have it be that way. Um, sure. So, but I definitely am looking forward to 2020. Hopefully I'm on the, the download trying to put together a show at the Coop Ridge with uh, Social Caterpillar. Um, Haunter, Cairns, Large Print, possibly. All the great bands. I know. That That'd was, be a stack one. This is really like, just I just started talking to uh, my boss about it at the Coop Ridge and just kind of seeing where she was at with it. And she thought it would be a great idea. Essentially like River West at the Coop Ridge. Nice, yeah. Type so, of deal. So. I'm uh, similarly... Um, I'm talking to George at company right now, and uh, I'm going to be doing, um, I'm trying to do like a monthly Mr. Nice Guy Presents oh, that'd uh, be a showcase. Great. Yeah. Trying to bring more mixed genre bills together, uh, some of my favorite artists that I've interviewed, I've seen shows of, and uh, bring them all to have a real fun night. So, and company is a fantastic but- it really is. It's yeah. a fantastic venue. Yeah, I love it so much. Very fortunate to be there. Yeah, Selfie. one more shout out if oh, I yeah, may go sure. to Joe at Public House for being a fantastic audio engineer who is always kind to Juliet and I and makes us sound better than we are. As well as Alex at Cactus who essentially uh, made us sound better than I knew we sounded. Um, prior to playing there so he is amazing and has been really tolerant of me so we love uh we love the sound guys of milwaukee uh yes uh alex is he's a great dude i i love seeing him every time uh i'll be going there this friday for the flat teeth release show so sweet i'm excited for another night at cactus club all right ryan um we had a great conversation uh all about careless and uh, the music, the, the 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 great bands we have here in River West, everything. Um, so I uh, love what you're doing, man. Uh, tell me what keeps you up at night. Uh, what keeps me up at night is uh, you know not having enough Ambien. Oh yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, not really that, but really, I guess uh, you know. Just trying to, uh, you know, be productive and do the next right thing and then how I'm going to go about my next day a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. What puts you to sleep, though? ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> What's your go-to uh, ASMR video? My ASMR artist of choice is Dimitri from the Gold Coast, otherwise known as Massage ASMR. He is my favorite, and he's been doing it for nearly five years. He's a master, and he will put anyone to sleep. It's awesome. I love this guy. Love it. Fantastic. I do. That sounds great. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. I love you, man. All I right. love you, too. All right. Cool, yeah, man. For sure. Uh, listen to Heartstrings. Careless streaming everywhere. Uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Mr. Nice Guy.